Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, and Libsyn. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. And on that note, I want to personally thank you for joining us for episode 391 of I Am Salt Lake podcast, only nine episodes away from the big magical episode 400. So is 400 like 40, like we get to have a big 400 birthday party with black balloons over the podcast hill? Almost there. I think I think <laughs> uh, 500 is over the Okay. Hill. All right. That sounds good. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. I want to wish everybody a happy pie and beer day, though. That's coming up this week here in uh, in Utah. It's a fun day. Or some of you celebrate Pioneer Day. So either one that you celebrate, I hope you have a, a magical day. That's on Wednesday. Hopefully you get out and celebrate and enjoy some of this uh, sunshine here in Salt Lake City. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing the awesome people of Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, really anyone who might have a cool story to share. And we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio that's located way in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. And not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can actually come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. So stop on in, check it out, and, and maybe pick up a t-shirt while you're here. Who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we are joined by Jeff Miller, General Manager of Mark Miller Subaru. This is a really cool conversation because we got to get into the history of Mark Miller and the early days of car dealerships here in Salt Lake City. We also get to talk a little bit about what Jeff does on a daily basis, what motivates him, and of course, we get to nerd out about Subarus because we just had to. Hey, before we get into that conversation with Jeff, let's give love to one of our sponsors, Market Source Real Estate. For the past 17 years, Market Source Real Estate has been helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House as well as the greater Salt Lake City area. Market Source Real Estate has been a sponsor of ours for over a year and a half, and we were so excited to be able to finally use them when Chris and I decided to go house shopping about a month ago. So we've actually got to experience working with Monique and Jeremy and how easy they made the home buying experience. And so we finally fun. found our dream home. We should be closing on it this week. I'm so excited. Uh, it's it's been a, It's been a fun month, though. It's been... Oh, man, yeah. Hey, so whether you're looking to buy a home or even sell your home... They know all the ins and outs of what to look for or tips that will make your home sell faster. You can find all of their info right on their website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give them a call, 801-810-6773. Again, their website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give them a call, 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's jump into that conversation with Jeff Miller when he came over to our podcast studio to share his story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. I want to find out a little bit on what got you into the car business. 
I know a little bit about it, but even for the listeners that are listening to find out, you know, how did the whole Mark Miller Subaru thing start? How did, because there's also other Mark Miller car places, right? Yep, we're three. So our family has three stores. So there's two Subaru stores and a Toyota store. We're actually, I would be, me and my brother, we're both uh, fourth generation. Okay. So my family started my, I guess it would be my great uncle, started the family business in the 30s. We were the, actually the original Ford distributorship. And then later on, the original General Motors distributorship in Utah. And it's actually located just about right where we are right now. It was actually where the Grand America sits right now is where our original distributorship was. So no our original kidding. Ford and General Motors dealership was right there. I think it was 555 Maine. That's about where we're yeah, at. Pretty yeah. close to right where we are right now. And so that's where it all started. And it actually, an interesting story kind of goes into our values and who we are. He was my great-grandpa's uh, Fred Carlson. So it was a Carlson family, not the Miller family. And he was a Ford distributor in the early 30s and went back to Ford and gave it up. And the value of a Ford distributorship at this point would be through the roof if you still yeah. had it. But wow. gave it up because he found out Henry Ford was a Nazi sympathizer. Because he was oh, building wow. stuff for the Nazis. So very, an ethical decision. In the 30s. So he went back and said, I don't want to be involved with you anymore. So he went wow. back and said, I don't want to be a Ford distributor anymore. Gave it back for nothing. Walked across the street because General Motors and Ford at that time were literally in office buildings in Detroit across the street from each other. Yeah. Walked across the street to General Motors and they gave him the GM friend. They gave him the GM dealer. So he became a GM dealer at that point. So no relation to the big Millers here in, in town. No relation, the big Millers. No, no relation well, to the Millers. You know, I guess Larry H. Larry. Miller. A lot of people think my dad's his son, but there's, no, there's was, no, there's no relation at all. So we have, my my grandpa was the son-in-law, Laurie, and his name was Laurie. As interesting as that is, his name was L-A-U-R-Y. So it was Laurie Miller Pontiac back in the 50s. And then my dad bought him out in the mid-70s. So my dad became the dealer in the mid-70s. And Larry Miller didn't come to town until 1979. Ah, so you See, were here before then. Interesting story, actually. The reason there's an H in Larry H. Miller? Yeah. Because of us. No kidding. Because really? so when he first came to town in 1979, we were Larry Miller Pontiac Subaru, and he tried to open up Larry Miller Toyota, and it was too close. So oh, yeah, that's my be dad confusing. went to him and said, no, you can't call it that. And the compromise was an H. It so probably, all the Larry Miller stories have an H in it because of that. It probably didn't hurt, though, to have the same last names because, I mean, they're both respectable yeah, people I mean, in the in the community. So it didn't hurt e- either one. Yeah. And 12 months after that happened, he, my dad changed it to Mark Miller anyway. So okay. it, it all oh, changed. Yeah. So they, he distinguished so it. Are you ever going to change it to Jeff Miller? I don't see why I would. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think my dad it's has established done, my dad has done such a great job in this community building a name and building a very valued brand. Yeah. I don't know why you'd ever want to change it. Is your dad, your dad still around? Huh? No. He's still is, around. Does he still make it in and work or is he retired? He's mostly, he, he calls himself mostly retired. Like he's still, show, he'll, we'll still see him probably once a week and just comes in, make sure we haven't sold the place. And <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's still there. But, so you said your brother owned, we don't need to really get crazy. Yeah, so my brother, John, he, he so, owns the Toyota. Yeah. So my brother, John's go is working his way up to the Toyota store and buying into the Toyota store and I'm buying out the two Subaru stores. So I'll have the Subaru stores and John will have the Toyota store at some point. Do you know he's actually a pretty big listener of the show? He is. I actually it, talked to him about yeah. an hour ago. Told him I was coming down. Did he? Here. Yeah, because yeah. I. It was funny. One of the first times he like rode in or something. I was like, John or, or no, wait, you're John. He's what's his yeah, name? He's John. J- I'm Jeff. Oh, John. 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 Are you guys uh, twins? Sorry, no. I'm actually we're almost two years apart, almost to the day. Oh, nice. Sorry, I interrupted. No, I no, just no. And he had, a, he had a he had a I swear it was a Mark Miller email address, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he works over there. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. That yep. I'm like, well, he'll listen to this show. Yeah, John's my older brother. <laughs> it's a small world. Here's a here's a question, and 
and I don't know how much you want to get into this just because you have a car dealership, but I was listening on a podcast and they were saying that they believe car dealerships are going to go away. Do you, do you see that happening? I mean, they, they were talking about like more people are just buying them online and then they get them delivered. And, and I mean, do we've, you, heard, we've heard that for 30 years. I was just wondering if you I felt mean, a as threat. As long as I've it. been in the car business, I've heard that car dealerships are going away and they're, they're going to die in business. And it hasn't happened. We found it's as much as people are buying more cars online and we're getting better at that. I mean, we probably still 10 to 20% of our business is completely online and we still do that and we still deliver to people's houses and we do that kind of business model. But a car is such a tangible item that people want to touch and drive and experience before they make a $30,000 purchase or $40,000 purchase. No one wants, there are very few people that truly will go out and just buy a car sight unseen without driving it. Oh yeah. I definitely would never want to do that. Well, and that's, I was curious, like, are people still test driving like they Absolutely. used to? I think and the biggest difference, and- the biggest difference now, I think then to the past is they're because of the internet and because of how much research they can do beforehand, they just don't go to as many dealerships. So it used to be even five years ago that the average consumer went to, I think it was 2.5 or three dealerships before they bought a car. Now that number's under two, it's like 1.3 or 1.4. Because they so probably people, research once, and find out exactly yeah. what they want and then go test drive the one that they've specifically chosen. Exactly. And, the, yeah. and what we try and do is we're pretty unique in the car dealership world in that we try and make that experience a little bit different because people hate going to car dealership. The neg- oh, yeah. ne- negotiation yeah, free. So we don't, we're negotiation oh. free. We started this about, whew, I want to say five years ago. Four, four or five years ago. And so we don't negotiate. So every price is right on the window and we won't negotiate a dime because we want it to be an easy experience. And it's we so found nice. There's only about, I mean, we've really done a lot of research on it. And there's really only about 15% of the population that truly wants to negotiate. Is it really Because they probably the just really enjoy it. They enjoy it. the yeah. fight. They just yeah. like, they love the fight. And I, that's great for them. And yeah. we literally tell them when they come in, we're probably not the place for you. Yeah. Like you can, well, we'll sell you a car if you like, but that's going to be the price. If you want to negotiate, there's, Three See, other super so retailers nice. in the state, go to them. I mean, I've told you this before, Chris, like buying a car for me is the worst thing in the world. I hate it. So, like I'm even scared to drive into a car dealership because mm-hmm. someone's going to come out and just chase you. You know, they, they like, train on that. They, they like train run on that to your car that... and you're like, don't come out to me. <laughs> I'm sure you were training <laughs> your guys, though, in the beginning to do that. We were similar, never similar. that yeah. deep on it, though. Like we yeah. were never. I mean, there's literally. I'm talking st- more of the 70s. Yeah, there are though, literally different. You know? There are literally stories that tell people that they want you to put their hand on your side mirror and walks a customer oh. to a parking space. Oh my gosh. And we literally have, we're the exact opposite. We literally have signs on our lot that says, we don't, our salespeople aren't coming out to bother you because we want you to shop. If you'd like help, please call this number or come into the showroom. Which is so great because if we want a car, we're going to buy a car. Exactly. Right. Well, I know how it was for me when I bought my Impreza. Um, you know, I did a lot of research. You know, I knew I wanted to get a Subaru. I actually went in thinking I was going to get an Outback. Okay. But then I, this Impreza was just sitting there and I was like, Hey, this is going to do the the mm-hmm. job for me. And and I ended up getting it. But, but back to the research thing, right? Like yeah. I did my research, but I still wanted to test drive it. I still wanted to, f- how much leg room do we got? I'm a tall guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to know the exactly. leg room. So that's why I was curious um, what your thoughts were, you know, back to that other question, yeah, you know, but, still, but I still like that because test drive. You still need to have a, a retailer, a retailer. So in the Subaru world, it's funny, actually, the Subaru national guys, because of how they sell cars differently, even on national level, we just, they do things differently in Subaru stores than they do in every other store. So they don't like us calling ourselves dealerships. Okay. Really? So we're, we're retailers. Oh. So if you ever talk, Tom Dahl, who's the president of Subaru, who's just an incredible human being and just one of the greatest guys in the car industry. 
And he'll, he get, he'll get mad at you if you come in and say, I'm, I'm at my dealership. So, no, you're a retailer. You're, you're not a car dealer. You're a retailer. And it's creating that mentality that you're not a wheeler and dealer, this mm-hmm. old school stereotype or something it's interesting. different. I mean, just, just the terminology change, it does have an effect on even the way I feel about it. Like, oh, I would go to a retailer. I don't want to go to you're, a dealer. That's why we call I never thought a about that. And we don't huh. call our guys salespeople. They're called call product them? specialists. Hey, because like it's it. they're they're not salespeople. Their job is to, like you said, you yeah. came in looking for an Outback, you're not putting present. Their job is to listen to your needs and wants well, and guide you to the right car, not because of what they're going to make on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our guys make the same car. They make the same money selling a car, no matter what any car in our lot. So they're not paid on commission, and that's another huge thing for what makes us successful is that they don't get paid. If we make more money on a car deal, they don't get paid more. So they're going to send a customer to the car they want, not. I mean, I guarantee you, any any other retailer, oh, we, can, we cut the funny thing with Super World is we're allowed to cut the other guys' dealerships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so you go to any other dealership, I guarantee you, there's one car on that lot that's got a thousand dollar commission on it. Yeah, that's that's just out there. It's like the yellow mm-hmm. car, the yellow Mustang over in the corner that they have mail sell for a year. <laughs> if you sell that one today, that's you, your bogey. You're going to sales meeting. That's your bogey. If you sell that one, you're going to you get a thousand dollar flat free mo- free movie tickets. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> So it's just magically, every customer gets walked by that car. Oh, yeah. See, or I was highly pressured into the, the dealership I went to when I bought my minivan because I, wa- I, I wanted a minivan. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm i weird. I want a minivan. <laughs> well, That's what I want. Okay. With four so, kids, you need a with minivan. With four kids, yeah. yeah but For I've sure. always wanted one because they're so awesome. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, the dealership was, they were really pushing me to get a Mustang. And I was just like, why? And they made me, you know, they're like, you need to test drive this, you know, and you look, you, you're came a hot for mom. A mini, you came in for a minivan and they're trying to get you on a Mustang, <laughs> yeah. right? And now that makes sense. They probably would have made a lot more money on it. And it's stores like that, that give us a bad name, give us yeah. a bad reputation for everyone. It makes everybody, because everybody walks into a dealership, whether it's us, whether it's anybody, with their hands up, anybody, and you just see them. And then what we try and do is part of what we call, and we call it promise pricing, is what we call our no negotiation thing. What we try and do is within the first 30 seconds of someone walking in the store, we tell them how we do business, that this is how it's going to be. And so they can choose if they want to do business with us, first of all. But the hope is then they go, whew. Yeah. Okay. Then they can I'm just okay. enjoy Now I can just experience. go enjoy it and find the car I want and not have to yeah. re- worry about whatever my price and I have to pick the right car. Then I'm going to have to negotiate. And most people are scared to death of negotiating. Oh, for and we, sure. And we, back in the day, we did it every day. And our, and our car salesmen, they do it every day. So we're not scared of it. Mm-hmm. But most people are terrified of it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable. You just, you want help. You don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, one thing I actually didn't ask you in the very beginning, or at least I don't think I asked you. Did you always want to get into the car business? Was that like always your dream? Like growing, because growing up, you were part of it. You saw your family mm-hmm. selling cars. And, and I was so, working in it and I worked in it since I was 14. But so. did you have like, like you see a lot of younger kids and they're like, maybe their dad's a dentist or a doctor or, or, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, they want to kind of tr- blaze their own trail. And so I'm kind of curious, like what eventually led you into that? And I know I kind of jumping back just a little I bit. I don't think it was always my plan. I don't think I went to college thinking, okay, I'm going four years of college and I'm coming right back and jumping in the family business. I think it just, it worked out that there was an opportunity yeah. for to come back. And then I got into it and just love it because it's just a, it really is a fun business. Cause I mean, we, you're going to meet so many cool people, so many different people every day, every day, the job's different. And so you're not walking in and having the same thing happen for eight hours every day. Every day is completely different, different experiences. And it's just fun. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what is it? What do you, what's a typical day for you there? But it sounds like you, you just said it right there. Everything's different. Look, or what, everything's different. So you're, you're the, the main manager. Yeah, so I'm guy, the general, general manager. So general day-to-day manager. stuff. I don't do a lot day-to-day as far as like appraising cars and working car deals and, and we don't really work car deals, but it, I don't really do day-to-day stuff. My stuff's more big picture is I'm trying to create our game plan. Like mm-hmm. I'm look, and I'm a very progressive manager. I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm always looking for the next edge on how we can be different, how we can be forward thinking and ahead and look at what a customer's thinking and where our pain points are that we can fix. Because our goal is to see what a, what a customer pain point is, where they hate doing business and fix it. You should have been a UX designer. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm like, everything you say is exactly what I do with my job in a different way. I love it. And we work we work with a lot of our software companies. And mm-hmm. We let them come in and we talk about what we're doing to try and help them improve their products and their user experience as That's well. That's so cool. Yeah. Is it the software companies for the car that yeah. like in the for, touchscreen? Uh, not necessarily in the car stuff, but the software that we use, like our CR, like our customer oh, relation management tools right and our, our DMS, so our main computer systems. We work with those guys a lot. So, Oh, dude, that's awesome. The nice thing is our company's local. So the company mm-hmm. we do all of our computing with is called DealerTrack. They're actually based okay. out of South Jordan. Nice. And so they're really close to so us. So you're like, I just want to thank you for all UX designers. Mm-hmm. We love people like you. Yeah. So I like actually a, give us feedback. And I sit literally down and- sat for an hour and a half yesterday with their reporting software guys. They're, they're building a whole new reporting system. And I sat and talked about what they're building oh, and that's how so to make cool. it better for us. That is fantastic. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Libsyn. Hey, are you thinking of starting a podcast? Do you have a buddy or maybe even a coworker that's maybe looking to start a podcast? If you or someone you know, if you're in the process of starting a podcast and you're looking for the best podcast audio host out there, go check out Libsyn.com. We've been using Libsyn to host I Am Salt Lake podcast for the past seven years, and I know that I personally could not be happier with their service. They make it super easy to set up. And they make it super easy easy to get your podcast routed to all the podcast players out there like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Listen up, though. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. You can use the promo code SALTLAKE, all one word, Salt Lake, and you will get the rest of this month and all of next month a free hosting at Libsyn.com. Again, that promo code is SALTLAKE. You'll be supporting the podcast and you'll get yourself some free podcast hosting at Libsyn.com. Win-win, you support the podcast, you get some awesome podcast hosting. So many thanks to Libsyn for your support. Let's get back into that conversation with Jeff Miller. Thank you so much for listening. Seems like Mark Miller's very active in the local community, which is awesome. You don't see that. I don't see that with a lot of lot of local other other local businesses or even car dealerships. Why why is being part of the local community as important to you as, as, as it seems? 100%. I'm 100% from our standpoint, it comes straight from my dad and my mom. My mom and dad, that's that they believe in. They've always taught us from a young age that you give back. Like that's part of your life. Like you are going to give back. We're always giving back. I mean, that's what my dad does now, really. I mean, he's retired really in the business, but he spends his days and weeks volunteering. I mean, he's teaching eighth grade math in Kearns Junior High. Oh, wow. I mean, to that level, he, he flies, he's a pilot. Okay. Flies angel flights. So he flies cancer patients around the Western United States free of charge just really? on his plane. But, I've never heard of this. So he does that kind of stuff. He does a lot with United Way. So, and we were taught that at a young age, both John and I and my sister as well. And so from our business standpoint, it's just a natural fit. And we've always looked at it that in order for our businesses to do well, the community has to be really strong. 
And so we have a responsibility as a company to make sure our community is strong and to do everything we can to help our community get stronger. So one thing we've been really proud of through Mike Aguilar, who's our mm-hmm. marketing director and all that is we probably have our advertising budget, I would say somewhere between 25 to 30% of our advertising budget goes to nonprofits. I mean, so we really focus on trying to do as many nonprofit partnerships and events as we possibly can, because how much cooler is it to get this, if you can get the same, if not same, if not more return on it, as far as customers seeing it and getting the advertising from it, but have that money go to nonprofits instead of a corporation, that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the amount of good we can do in this community by doing that is just incredible. And we, we also changed it a little bit ago to really focus on going deep rather than wide. So rather than having 30 nonprofit partners that we're sharing, we actually do a grant process every year at our Subaru stores to pick five or six. So we have five or six nonprofits we pick every year and we call them our love promise partners. And we partner with them throughout the entire year and all their events, all of our events they're at. And they're local, local. Always local. So, I mean, I think our five, let me. Yeah, I was going to say, if you know who they are, I'd love to give a shout out. I just don't want to miss any of them. So you've got Nuzzles and Co., Okay. Which is the pet rescue up in Park City. Yeah. I actually was at their gala last night. Um, Volunteers of America. So, uh, Sharing Place. Uh, Recycle Utah. Discovery Gateway. Uh, Malinois Foundation. Okay. Have you heard of this? The Malinois Foundation. I, they uh, they train dogs for service animals. So for PTSD soldiers that have come back. That, oh, yeah. They train dogs and they donate dogs to service I sense a bit of veterans. a dog lover here. Yeah, dogs is a big thing for us. <laughs> does actually, that Suba Blue, yeah, Suba does Blue. he live with you? Who does yeah, he live Suba with? Suba Blue lives with Mike, so he okay. lives with our marketing director. At one point, he actually lived with our entire marketing team. So like every night, he'd go home with someone different. Oh my gosh, But they found out that that's just a bad idea for a dog. He needs some yeah. stability in his life. <laughs> and so now yeah. he stays with Mike all the time. But he's at work every day. Yeah. He's in the stores every day, greeting customers. And- I, I watched the the videos. There was a recent one. I think it was recent. He's wearing like the little booties. Oh, yeah. The booties. Walking <laughs> he hates those things. Yeah. He absolutely hates those things. But yeah, Subo Blue is just a, he's a great ambassador for us. And we tend him to, same thing. We send him to nonprofits, send him to schools and pre-kindergarten classes. And that's it's, so cool. It's so fun to have that. Well, you know, back to, uh, you know, how involved you are in the local community, you know, every, every time I turn around, I mean, we were just at the, the Liberty Park Farmers Market and you guys had, had an outback there, you know, the one you could draw, you draw on. on. Oh man. And we have a, we have a almost two year old and uh, daughter and she, she loved it, you know, just getting she on She was there going, and, I mean, trying to get her away from it was kind of crazy. <laughs> we did the first year we did that car, we figured over 700,000 people touched that car. No kidding. Wow. The first year we had that drawing car. At events. It's so cool. It's so much fun. Oh, it's Every time so we incredible. see it, we're, you know, we just attack yeah. it. Oh, that thing just gets drawn, drawn on and it's then eventually I mean, it's a wrap. So it's, we just wrap the car. The whole thing's wrapped oh, and they can use dry smart. erase markers. So then when it's done, we just pull the wrap off and the car's brand new. Nice. It's not brand new. It's pretty beat up because <laughs> <laughs> they get the lights a little and the trim oh, pieces. Oh, for sure. Like, they, yeah. Yeah. They don't work Draw on the wheels. Yeah. Those don't clean up as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. I mean, you just park the car there. It's not like anyone really has to even stick around. Yeah. I mean, but I'm it's usually, a great. Exactly. marketing, I guess. That's great for uh, parents because we can go shopping and we can be like, go over there, go draw, go draw in a car. And we've had a few uh, retailers across the country, other Subaru retailers copy us with that. And they've borrowed our design and they use it at their events and other places in the country. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. I know you're listening to this interview right now with Jeff Miller, but we want to talk a little bit about the Love Promise program and what makes Subaru and Mark Miller Subaru so special. The love promise means being more than a car company. It's Mark Miller Subaru's vision to show love and respect to all people at every interaction with Subaru. 
Mark Miller Subaru is dedicated to making the world a better place. Subaru of America actually selected Mark Miller Subaru as the country's 2018 Love Promise Retailer of the Year. This is the most distinguished award Subaru of America awards each year and is only given to one Subaru retailer throughout the entire country. Mark Miller Subaru was selected for this award because of Mark Miller Subaru's unique and strategic approach to supporting charitable causes right here in Utah. While Mark Miller Subaru has donated a sizable amount of money over the years, that's not all they do. Mark Miller Subaru develops deep and meaningful partnerships with charities to make real change in our community. So whether you're buying a car at Mark Miller Subaru or simply getting some service done, you're helping Mark Miller Subaru leave a mark on the lives of others in our local community. Mark Miller Subaru has two convenient locations for you to visit. They have the Midtown one. This is located at 3535 South State, right here in Salt Lake City. This is the one that Chrissy and I actually use for our Subaru. They also have one Southtown. This is for those of you way on the other end of the valley at uh, 10920 State Street, right in Sandy. Go there and test a Subaru today. I really think you're going to love it because I know we do. Again, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. Many thanks to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And let's get back into that conversation with Jeff Miller. Thanks for listening. What is your favorite? Do you have a favorite make and model year even? I don't know. Subaru. Do you have a favorite Subaru? <sighs> favorite Subaru. Or is that a big question? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think the, I mean, the WRXs and the STIs of the world are just so much fun to drive. Like, so that's pretty, those are pretty fun. Pretty much any model of those is just a lot of fun to drive. But I think most Subarus, I think they, they just keep getting better. I mean, every year, they, every time they come up with a new one, we're going to see a new Outback and Legacy in about a month or a brand new full body style frame, everything changed. Oh, wow. And that, those are going to be really cool cars. We're really excited for those cars. So, Have you driven one? Uh, we did get a chance to drive them. We had a Subaru meeting in Las Vegas in June, and we got to drive the new. There's a new uh, Legacy Turbo coming out that's going to be a really fun car. It's going to be fast. It's a 0 to 16, about six second Legacy sedan. So oh, wow. that's going to be a really fun car. We're excited to see that. And the cool one is that the display is like a Tesla. So it's a 12 inch, like a f- iPad pro screen. Holy that crap. Covers everything on the entire dash. So that's, that's it awesome. looks, it's pretty cool. One thing I noticed, so I'm, I'm, uh, we were talking a little bit prior to recording. Uh, I'm driving a 2019 Impreza right now. Why mine's mm-hmm. over, over to your guys' uh, was it 35, 35 yeah, states? 35, anyway, 35. um, <laughs> It's almost like it's a little bit of a self-driving car, man. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's got eyesight. Uh, yeah, technology. man. Like, and I didn't realize that at first. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Like, it tells you if you're going outside the it'll, lane. It'll bump you back and, into your lane. Too. I mean, it's it'll pull you back in your lane. Is that bit. kind of what it's preparing us for with that yeah. kind of stuff? And like, I notice even when when I put it on cruise, it like it'll, it it knows if there's a mm-hmm. car up there, so it kind of starts slowing you down. It'll speed you up, and I'm like. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's the eyesight system. It's best in class. I mean, it best in class beyond even just mainstream cars, luxury brands, everything. It's literally the best system out there on the road. And I mean, it not only does it do the adaptive cruise control and the automatic driving, the real purpose of that system is, is more safety. You can drive that car 30, 30 to 35 miles an hour into a brick wall and that car will stop without you touching the brake. Oh, wow. You should not have told me. Do not, <laughs> yeah, do not test it. If you, want, if you want to come out of the store later, I'll put up an inflatable <laughs> and we can, I'll show you how it works. It's a little scary. But yeah, it will stop 30 miles an hour. It will stop wow. in regular conditions. Wow. And that's the main thing on it is what it does is it'll actually beep at you for cars in front of you that yeah. if you don't hit the brake, it'll actually engage the brake for you. 
it's a beautiful car, man. I'll yeah. tell you, I, and gosh, I'm going to sound like an infomercial here, but <laughs> it's, it's like, like I mentioned how, how my, my car's over there and I'm like, oh, maybe they'll take another week here so I can keep driving <laughs> so this drive. car because it's so nice, you know, or maybe I'll just say, hey, can I trade it in? Yeah, we'll the, my eyesight's been one. amazing. I mean, it's, I would say probably within the next two or three years, I would say every Subaru model you'll be able to buy will have that standard. Right now, any Outback you buy, any Legacy you buy, it's any Forester you buy, any Ascent you buy is a standard feature. It's not an option. You're not paying extra for it. That feature is a standard. comes with every car. So, I mean, it, that's one thing that Subaru, and we're lucky for us, being associated with such a great brand, is always focused on is generally all the safety features they ever have are always standard. Which is so nice because not that's kind of important. Yeah, you're safety. not paying an option to get a safety feature. Yeah, yeah. That's just It's a standard feature now. I didn't jot this down and I might butcher it, but I remember hearing one time what you, you guys like recycle rainwater or something over there. At the Toyota store. Is, is that, is, you guys don't do that at the Mark Miller store? We Super do some at the Subaru store. Not, I, not to okay. the degree that our Toyota store does. Okay. Well, then the, Toyota I mean, store, the Toyota store became a, nas- a national news story. This was almost a decade ago. So when my dad and my brother built that Toyota store, which is on Southwest Temple and 7 South. Okay. They built it to be a lead certified gold dealership. And it's the only lead certified dealership in the state. And what they did, just wanted to do on it, part of it was they're going to collect all the rainwater off the roof, put it into cisterns, and use it to water the grass and use it to wash cars. So it's brilliant, right? Yeah. yeah. Saves the environment, great for things. thing. That's awesome. Salt Lake came in and said no. Wait, the city did? Salt Lake City. Oh, no kidding. Really? Isn't it illegal you, to collect rainwater? That's why. Yeah, I've heard that, which Wait, is the what? stupidest they, thing. They forced my dad and my brother to buy a water share. To collect Ugh. their own rainwater. Oh, you know what? I think I did. I, I can't lo- collect more than a 55-gallon drum a year. I was so uh, stupid. I was trying to get my real estate license, and I I think I watched that. Oh, in, that's in where like, I heard. You told in me like that. like Stringham yeah. or something. I think they talked. That's maybe where I heard yeah, about so Mark Miller, it. Okay. So Mark Miller okay. became a national news story. They ended up changing the law so you can, from a residential standpoint, you can now collect up to like five barrels of rainwater a year yeah. or something like that, but you still can't commercially, which, which is, is just, just crazy. They say, yeah. and the city says, because- you don't own that water. <laughs> so if and my dad's you. my dad's argument, my dad and my brother are just like, we're not we're not taking the water, we're just borrowing it. We're just taking it and then we're gonna put it on the grass. We're just moving it They're a little bit. We're just getting, it. getting in the ground eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you would think they would pat you on the back. You think so? And too, be like, you? hey, thanks yeah. for trying to help the environment. Be, yeah. Yep. I mean, so way to be environmentally friendly. If we put a bucket in our backyard, would we get like a ticket or arrested? It's like, I think you can. I think on a residential level, you can do up to a certain level <laughs> now. But yeah, my, my dad and brother, to keep that system going, had to buy a water share. Wow. It's not like water so share is not cheap. Yeah, no, I, cu- I couldn't. Uh, but wow. yeah, we do. So at the, at the two Subaru stores, we recycle the water in the car washes. So the car wash water goes back through, comes back, gets cleaned, and gets reused. So oh, nice. we're not using fresh water to car- wash cars. What would you tell somebody? We get a lot of like entrepreneur types coming mm-hmm. through here, business people that are wanting to open a business. Somebody like yourself who's been involved in businesses uh, for a while. I mean, what what advice would you give somebody? Just a general business advice. Is there is there one or two basic things or, or things that you would tell people? Like, if you wanted to open your own business, this is what I tell you to do. My thought always on any business you want to start, any business you want to be in, is you've got to have an edge, and you've got you don't want to be last to a game, right? Does that make sense? Sure. You, you want to try new ideas and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try new ideas. Be ready to pivot if it does fail. But make sure you're trying to do new things and not just following what everyone else is doing because it's the safe route. You got to take chances and you got to be willing to fail. That's probably my best. But advice. what do you do? I mean, I'm sure you still get bummed out when you fail, right? Oh, absolutely. And we looked at like when we went one price, that was a huge step. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it was 
changing how it's we do everything change. 100%. And you go into it and you got to be 100% committed to your idea and make sure. But we, there were ways we were doing it that weren't right. And so we pivoted and changed how little things and we adjusted. But we weren't going to be the ones looking at it. My guarantee is that in the next 10 years, 50 to 60, even if not more, of auto dealerships are going to be one price. That's where everyone's moving. Everyone's going to have to move that direction. Yeah, because consumers are not... They're more educated now. Absolutely. And they they have a different... You're you're creating a new baseline standard for what people can expect when they go in to look for a car. And that's going to become an expectation Mm -hmm. across the board, probably. And my hope in the industry is I want to be an influencer. I want to be the guy to show how successful we can be doing this idea, which is so much more consumer friendly, which shows us in such a better light to our consumers than Mm -hmm. what car dealerships look like. And I want more people to do the same thing. My biggest goal is to get as many other dealers as possible to do the same thing. I've told local dealers that are my competitors, come on in. If you want to see exactly how we do it, I'll show you. That's awesome. I'll show you how we do it. I'll talk. I talk about it on the radio. I talk about how we do it all the time to anybody. I'm with, I told Subaru America I'd be willing to do a TED Talk for them at their next business conference. Oh, tell them exactly how we do it. Because if we all did it that way, the, so here's the crazy thing from a U.S. economy standpoint. That there's a study I read, it was three or four years ago, that if people enjoyed the car buying experience, which they don't, right? if they did, right now they sell about 17 million cars in this country. If people enjoy the car buying experience, that new car number would be upwards of 20 to 22 million. That three to four million cars is worth four or 5% of GDP. I mean, it, the value of that is insane. The mm-hmm. amount of jobs that would create and what that would do to the US economy would be through the roof. Yeah, And all you'd have to do is just make it a good experience. I know, right? Weird. I mean, it seems so simple, <laughs> but we don't. And as an industry, yeah. we fail in that regard and we're still failing. And I think people are getting better at it. Mm-hmm. But as an industry, we still, it's too easy to do it the wrong way. That's the thing. And it seems like dealerships might be afraid to kind of move that way and make the experience better for buyers because it will affect the salespeople. To be fair, the the broken awful system, it's very beneficial it's for- It's profitable for, for salespeople. Like, it's profitable for the dealerships. Yeah, it's probably exactly. profitable it's, for the owners. Yeah. And so they're, it's kind of, they probably kind of see it as losing a little bit, you know, to and, just make it a better experience. And the auto industry has always been an industry where a lot of the people out there look at it from a bottom line standpoint. It's what yeah. am I making? How how does this affect my bottom line? If I make this decision, how what am I going to make off this decision? And we've never done it that way. At anywhere in our organization. Our our look has always been as an organization that it's pretty, pretty simple. We treat our employees right. They treat our customers right. We make money. And we never make a decision about bottom line. What we make as a profit and what we make at the end of the day is a symptom of how we do it. It's not our goal. We get it because we do it the right way. And that's how we've always looked at it. And you're putting so much good karma out there too. Mm-hmm. I totally. think karma is a good thing. Absolutely. Karma is an extremely important thing. Very. <laughs> Talk. You do a radio show, I which do. I, maybe I heard this somewhere, but for some reason I just, you mentioned it today when you came in here. What? Tell me about it, man. So what? I've had a radio show. I want to say, I was trying to figure this out the other day. It's either six or seven years So you, Okay. So you've yeah, been doing it for sorry, a minute yeah. too, as long as, as long as maybe this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on 1280 The Zone. So 1280 97.5. So it's on the jazz station. We actually broadcast out of the arena. So oh, our, nice. we're on the fifth floor, fifth floor of the arena, and we do it every Saturday morning from 10 to noon. Uh, my co-host is a guy named Austin Horton. Uh, before Austin Horton, it's a guy you'll definitely know. is Tom Barberry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Radio Hall of Fame Tom Barberry Gina, was my Gina, yeah, Gina, Gina, his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, we were his co- – I was his – he was my co-host for the first three or four years before he retired. And so we did the show. We call it Utah Car Sense. And the idea of it is it's kind of what we've been talking about here. It's 
I'm putting myself out there as a car dealer, car retailer, and ask me whatever you want. And I'll tell you everything about it. I'll, it's like pulling back the curtain of what we do. That's and try cool. and tell people how to do how to buy a car, like what to do if you have a trade-in, how leasing works. That's a big thing we really talk about a lot is how misinformed the public is about leasing. I was just telling Chrissy the yeah. other day, I was like, you know what? I think when we get our next car, let's just lease it. Because oh I think it's my grandpa used to do that years ago. Every two years he would get Are a people new- buying a new car, 60 to 70% of people should be leasing. Hmm. And the number's closer to 20 is it because people just don't people know? don't trust it? Yeah, they've well, had such, I mean, there have been such to... bad experiences in the world of leasing. Same idea with yeah. anything in the car industry. Like and people took advantage of it. Uh, Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you've ever listened. Uh-huh. I was like a big Dave Ramsey follower for a long time. <laughs> and you know, he calls it fleecing. He's like, you're getting fleece. You know, so he's he's a very big proponent of obviously not getting into debt. So. To him, leasing is burning money. But I can to him financing a car is burning money. Yeah, well, that's, exactly. That's, so, yeah, he yeah, thinks yeah. you should save all your money up and buy it cash. Right. Unfortunately, exactly. most he, people can't do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, leasing, like you, Chris made some valid points when we were talking about it the other day, because I, I never thought twice about leasing. I was one. Of, I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh no, just, just buy your car. Why don't you want to own it? But leasing does kind of make sense. It makes it more. Well, you, you, I mean. You lose value on a car once you drive the thing off. Everybody's, the lot. A, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it's a given. I so mean, basic economic principle is you buy appreciating assets and you rent depreciating. Assets. Yeah, mm. cars a depreciating asset, you which leasing lease is technically it's, renting. It's renting. It. You're leasing. You should just because so the idea of it is, and the way we always argue it is, average car cycle of a new car is generally six to seven years. Most people keep their car six, seven, if not less, five to six. So if you're going to buy a car and own it six years, most people buy it on a seventy-two month loan. So they end up buying a, say, a $30,000 car on a six-year loan. At the end of the six years, they've made a $550 payment for six years or something like that, right? That's probably an average consumer. Mm-hmm. At the end of that thing, that car is worth four or five grand, maybe. So instead of doing that, why wouldn't you pay $400 a month and have two cars during the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And the entire time you're under warranty, most places offer full oil changes or a couple of years of full oil changes. You're probably not even paying maintenance for the first couple of years. On a leased vehicle. Yeah. On a leased. I mean, like we we do a two-year maintenance plan on any vehicle we sell. So your first two years get covered. Yeah. So then the, the idea is in that six years, you now you're driving two cars versus one. And like you said, drive, looking at your old Impreza versus the new one, how much better gas mileage it gets. Yeah. Every three years, yeah. you're getting a car that gets better gas mileage generally. That's true. So it just makes so much more sense at least. And you don't risk being upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and by the time I years. pay my car off, it's probably not going to be in good enough shape to really drive much anymore. And yeah. and I'm kind of aware of that. That's, but So we have know? so many cars. And we lease to a, we lease to a higher percentage than normal. We lease probably about 30 to 35% of our new car customers lease. And the, I mean, the best argument for it is, is look what the professionals do. The guys that do it every day, walk on us any sales floor, and find out what percentage of the salespeople have a purchase versus a lease. And you'll find out 90% of your salespeople lease cars huh. because it makes the most sense. Plus, it's kind of fun because you can just always change it up, right? Yeah, every three years, you get a new car. Yeah. Or every three new. or four years. A couple of questions back to the radio show. We got kind of sidetracked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. This is the joys of a podcast, right? <laughs> well, how did that even happen? How did you get into that? Because, I mean, you didn't like go to radio school or no, anything. No, so I always, <laughs> always had the idea. And I'd been on a few radio shows and okay. been on a few car guide radio show things and I thought it was kind of a cool thing. So I kind of put our ad guy out there and said, if there's ever an opportunity, let me know. And uh, if you remember the Barber Brothers, there was an old car dealership mm-hmm. in mostly in Probably think, did, American yeah. Fork in yeah. Utah County. They had this radio show. Okay. And they called it, I forget what they called it, something with the Barber, but Tom, Bar- Tom Barberry did it with them. Yeah. He was the co-host. And 
they ended up selling their stores and giving up the show. And my ad guy just had a line on it. And Mike Chase is his name. And he called and said, hey, they just want to let you know the show's available if you want it. Which is crazy considering the fact that 1280 is owned by Larry Miller. Larry H. Miller owns oh. 1280 The Zone. For them to give their radio show to another dealer was just crazy to me. But they said yes. And so the rest is history. So we buy the two hours of radio time every week and we own it and we can sell ad time if we want. We have, we've never sold ad time on it, but we could if we wanted to. Well, you're your own sponsors. Yeah, probably. Our own sponsors. Yeah. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. But I try, I try my best to try not to push Subaru too hard. Okay. I want it to be more of a general car show. And we get a lot of people calling asking questions on little, little stuff going wrong with their car. And I'm not, I'm, gonna I'm, keep... I'm not a very good mechanic, so yeah. I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. So it's more like Google stuff really quick and see if I can figure it out. But a lot of time I'll bring guests on. I brought my service managers on before so they can answer questions. And we, we do fun. We have call. It's a call-in show. So yeah. like we had 15 callers this week, yesterday when we did it over the two hour show. And oh, the, what was our topic? Yesterday, our topic was your first car. So people could come and call in and talk about their first car they ever owned. And it's just fun. What was your first car? My first car was a two-door RAV4. Ooh, cool. It's like a okay. little, like, I, it looks yeah. like a little Jeep. Yeah. It's like well, a little yeah. like aerodynamic Jeep. You could park it like horizontally in a parallel parking so spot. Tiny. It was so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a pretty fun car for a 16-year-old. Uh, oh, yeah. around with. That's awesome. Let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. There's a few Salt Lake City-related questions yeah. that we try to ask each time uh, somebody comes through here, just because obviously we're Salt Lake yeah. City show. We all have uh, family friends that like to visit Salt Lake. Maybe they've never been here, right? They're coming to visit you for this upcoming weekend, Jeff. Is there like an area of town or is there something you would show them, a building, a tour? Like what does Jeff like to show family and friends when they visit the area? Hiking the, or camping I mean, or Temple Square? I don't know. What, what this time it, of year gets so hot. Yeah, <laughs> Salt Lake, really Park City is the place to go. Take them up the... Up I'm, actually, I'm actually living in Park City right now for the next couple of months. Because it's so hot. Well, we end up selling my house and we're sort of kind of between houses. And so I, we rent a place in Park City instead of Salt Lake for two months just because... It's 80 degrees up there right now versus 100 is it, is it in Salt Lake. It's just wonderful. And hiking and mountain biking and skiing during the winters. And I mean, I think that's the first place you'd show off if anyone ever came to Salt Lake area. You got to show off the mountains. The clean air. Man. You show, yeah, the clean air up the canyon. <laughs> that's something that we got to work on in Salt Lake. <laughs> the clean air is a big it, issue here. Yeah. Really big issue here. But I, I love what's happened to downtown. I think downtown over the past decade has just gone great. Like the restaurants that are going in there and bar scene. It's just getting so much better. It's getting so much more alive. Yeah. Like there's- It's just feeling like a, a city. Yeah. 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 And one thing I think the Uber and the Lyft of the world has helped out a ton because I think it's helped bring people from all over the county into There was downtown. pushback though, man. When that, I remember, I remember it, when it first started and, and I was just like, this is the best thing ever. It's done a Why great are we job lowering DUIs yeah. and alcohol related yes. deaths and all sorts of things. But at the same time, it's been incredible for the bar owners because they get more people to come down and be willing to do it because it's not that expensive in the grand scheme of things to take an Uber downtown. Yeah. Way cheaper than a DUI. And Utah, it's not like had the worst cab system oh, on I remember, the planet. I remember. I've heard what, that. I, I never would, actually took one, but dude, I've heard it's terrible. you would call at a bar and you would luckily maybe wait two or three you, hours. You couldn't flag a cab. Yeah. Oh my god. In gosh. the state of Utah, it was illegal oh, to flag a cab. Oh, it's illegal? I think it's still what? illegal. I don't even, I think if you even see a cab driver. You can't wave them down. You can't, and just sitting there, you can't even say, hey, can I get in? Are you for real? You, you have to have call? a call yeah. in to a cab driver. And they oh wonder gosh. why Uber came in and took over. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Gee. You mentioned, you mentioned restaurants. Do you have like a favorite local eating spot? One or two? One or two. Uh, I love Takashi. Okay. Takashi is one of sushi? my favorite for sure. Yeah. Love Takashi. Um, current. I really like oh, Current. Oh, yeah, Current's good. It's on 3rd South and 
Second East, something like that. I think so. Yeah, it's on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. Right there on Broadway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, those are probably my two favorite downtown spots. What about up in Park City that you've been up there, man? Oh, man. They're, they're up there. Anywhere on Main Street. There's so many great restaurants on Main Street. But uh, River Horse is a really great upper end place on Main Street. I think that's a good special occasion kind of place. I don't make it to Park City as much as I should. I, I, I really hadn't much before. And I mean, I've only been out there for two weeks now. So it's not like I'm, okay, I'm okay. not a Park City <laughs> local by any means. But uh, my wife is, does did a lot of business up there. So she's very familiar with that area. Yeah, she's in the real estate. It's in the real estate world. Okay, okay. What uh, what would you change about Salt Lake City if you could? You, I mean, you mentioned air, I guess. Air, uh, you I think, know. If you could change anything, but I think you'd change our government. <laughs> like I think we just have the most, probably well, one of the most dysfunctional governments in the entire country. It's just, there's, it's. So what do you do? Just vote. vote I guess we should get in. And get vote. more people out voting. I think one thing that's come come from the Salt Lake world is it, it's getting more liberal. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's becoming a more liberal community, and the liberal pockets aren't just in Salt Lake anymore. They're starting to spread to Holiday. They're starting to spread farther south. They're starting to spread out to Harriman. Yeah, starting to spread into Americook Fork and Utah County, even. Well, and a lot of people, you know, because of the the boom, the um, what's it called? The I'm moving boom. I the, don't know. The silicone silicone, silicone slopes. Silicone slopes. Yeah. So many people are coming from out of state that. Um, they're bringing it. It's, being know, a le- it's becoming parts. a less conservative community yeah. every year. And I think the biggest thing about it is that the people that aren't voting for the will of the people and voting to clean our air. I mean, that's the biggest issue in this city is that the fact that our air is what it is right now and we're not doing anything about it mm-hmm. is just a crime. I don't know if it's the industries just in the pockets of, I mean, we're as a car dealer, I mean, we're, we sell cars that pollute. But we do everything we possibly can to sell the cleanest cars we can. And mm-hmm. we push for the standards. We want higher gas standards. We want tier three gasoline. We want all these things. Yeah. And we're st- we're even they don't, they don't listen to us. Yeah. Which is just sad because it's just getting worse in Salt Lake. And it, I mean, it's just tragic. And I've got young kids and to see them go to school on a February day and there's a red ticket on their window because they can't go outside and play. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a red. Could you a, imagine? Because it's a, a red kid? burn day. Can you imagine? I mean, and it so, wasn't like that. Yeah, they don't get to go kid. to recess because it's dirty outside. I mean, how, how tragic. And, and that's so now. Sad. If we don't yeah. fix things, imagine it in 10 years when or imagine, half the I mean, days during we, the winter they yeah, can't go outside. 10 days mm-hmm. or, you know, when they have kids. I mean, even yeah. the cost of living, man, just to buy a house anymore. It's like, good gosh, man. Reformable housing is also the biggest issue in Salt Lake. And even it's into holiday. I mean, they, I think what they announced the new Cottonwood Mall plan, they're talking about building all these apartments in Cottonwood Mall. And then they talk about the, then they bring up the price. Oh, the price of the, oh, for the, the top f- penthouse yeah, yeah, yeah. of the new Cottonwood Mall. Well, apartment like, who's going to live there? Two and a half million dollar, 2,500 square foot penthouse. <laughs> It's like Whoa. this isn't affordable housing. Yeah, yeah. who who, who can it, actually get that? Nobody. Like, who's <laughs> buying a twenty five hundred? Who's buying a two point five million dollar apartment in Holiday? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure I mean, at out. At least but, be downtown. But and I, it just goes back into the we're already here. We don't want more people in here mentality, and, and yeah. that's sad. Yeah, I think I mean the more the merrier, and there's room for everybody, and I want as many people as possible to experience this incredible city. Like, well, I need all the people to listen to my podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a great time having you in here, Jeff. I know we've just skimmed the surface with everything, with what uh, with what you got going on with with the Subaru, uh, Mark Miller Subaru, and and you as a person, and your radio show, and and all that good stuff. But was there a question that you were hoping, or, or something that we were going to talk about that we didn't bring up? Is why why we're still recording here? I mean, is there anything? No, I think we we hit most. Kind of it. tried to touch a little bit. Yes, I mean, my, my my biggest goal is just to try and. We try and run our companies in the best way for this community, in the best way for our employees, and the best way for our customers. And that generally has worked out great for us. And it's allowed us to, as part of the reason we're not 
a mega group that has 40, 50 stores like the Ken Garfs or the Larry Millers of the world. It's just that we're more down to earth and we're more personal touch. And, and one thing that my dad's taught forever is it was my dad before in the last couple of years is now it's just John and I, but every car we sell, they get a letter personally signed by the owner with their cell phone number on it. And my dad, since the day I was born, has given his cell phone number to every customer. Wow. Did you, you ever get random calls? If you you call you call our you call any one of our stores and ask for Mark Miller or Jeff Miller, they will transfer you to our cell phones. No questions asked. No four no a.m. Screen. phone calls, huh? We get I get you get calls every once in a while. I mean, I get calls. I get probably at least one call a week. But like at four a.m. I'm talking like the middle of the night. You, you know that drunk I've gotten guy. A few. <laughs> I actually have calls. gotten some middle of the night phone calls. Really? For sure. Really? Yeah, you get those calls and <laughs> you just handle it and you do it. And that's mm-hmm. and if, if you're bold enough to do that, your employees and your family have to live up to it. Yeah. Like yeah, they have to put totally. live up to that experience because they know that we're just a phone call away. What's uh, what's the addresses for uh, both the your locations? Store. So we have our our Midtown Subaru store, which is 3535 South State Street, and then our Southtown store is 109th South State in Sandy. In the auto mall. Which one are you at more? I'm at both. So I, I run both locations. So I run. But more. 50 50. Oh, okay. So I, I try okay. and do Monday, Wednesdays at, mid, at Midtown and Tuesday, Thursdays at Southtown. Then Friday, I go wherever I'm needed. I was just thinking if a listener was to pop in, you know, which one would they have more of a chance of seeing? Yeah, <laughs> Either one. I mean, we're, we're pretty open. So. And then MarkMiller.com, MarkMillerSubaru.com yeah, okay. is our Subaru store's web address. And then Facebook, probably Instagram, yeah, Facebook, we're Facebook Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. We're, at, we're trying to be everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere, trying to do yeah. as many events as possible. So most events you go to in Salt Lake, you'll probably find yeah. us at Arts Festival. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I'm most proud of is we were one of the first corporate sponsors of Pride. I didn't know if you wanted to get into that. Yeah, I, 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 I actually, why we're, why we still got a few minutes. I Before would, it was like, popular. Yeah, I would like <laughs> right, to. Uh, right. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think it's important for our community uh, here in Salt Lake. Now, I've mm-hmm. sponsored the Pride Festival for over a decade. Was that hard as a business? Was that tough at first? Because it was a risk here in Utah, from right? Art From a personal standpoint, no, well, no. it was never hard. Sure, sure, from sure. From a personal standpoint, it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. it, But look at businesses. Look at businesses, From though, a business man. standpoint, the first few years, I would probably got... Because now at least five to 10 phone calls a year mm-hmm. from people or emails from customers, people, customers saying, I'm never doing business with you again. Because I can't of believe you would do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would always respond and say, we represent this entire community. We represent yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. I, we don't judge on anybody. We're going to put our money and our advertising in all parts of this community to try and help everybody. And if you choose, you don't want to do business with it, that's fine. That's your mm-hmm. decision. Yeah. You know, that's how we'd respond to it. You try to respond to it as congenially as possible. But Great thing is in the last few years, I don't get any anymore. I don't think I've gotten a phone call at least four or five years. Well, it's because every business now now for at least the month of June. Now it's good for business. But when you started, (laughs) it was definitely. In the grand scheme of things from a business, I mean, if you just take the being the right thing to do out of it, from a business Mm -hmm. standpoint, it made a ton of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's heavily to our demographic and it's a lot of two, two earning households with no kids. I know, right? They, Which is the bread and butter of the bread and butter of any mar- <laughs> bread and butter of any marketing is to try and find pe- two household incomes with no kids because yeah. they've got a lot of money. It was, I yeah. mean, it it actually didn't. It was one of the things that prompted me when I bought my Subaru to be one hundred percent honest with you because I was like, you know, these guys they they give back to the community and they give back to to the proper things. You know, I don't know how to put that into words, but but where you put that and and how your support for Pride help, you know that that. So you got me, you know, you got a super buyer out of me, but uh, yeah. And we'll always look at that way. We're, we're going to support this entire community. Yeah. We're not going to pick and choose where sure, we, sure, we throw sure. our support. 
Chrissy has a final question that she throws at our guests. I, I, anything else you want to mention before nope. she throws a final Great. question at you? All right. Do you have a motto or piece of life advice that you would leave with our listeners? Uh, I'd probably say always take always take risks. Always move forward. Always be the fir- always try and be the first. Don't follow. Always try and be the the leader in whatever you're trying to do. That'd probably be the one I'd put forward. Many thanks again to Jeff Miller for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can find all the links to connect with him by visiting our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 391. That's for episode 391. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. And it is that time of the podcast where we give our weekly recommendations. This is where Chrissy and myself, we give something we're just like, hey, you know what? We got to talk about this on the podcast, whether it's something we discovered or something we did. And I'm going to let Chrissy go first, as I always do. Usually, sometimes I like to take the (laughs) ladies first. So I like to pretend I'm a lady. I actually want to recommend Cafe Yugo this week. It is in South Jordan, yeah, right near Daybreak. And um, I ordered some because I love Asian food, and that's all I want to eat ever. Well, we were house sitting for your parents. We were house sitting for so my parents why down we there. Were way well, down that's there. why we were down I mean. there. Yeah, and uh, it was so good. Actually, Lucy and I got to share a big bowl of ramen, and it was just wonderful. When I walked in there for the takeout, I'm like, "This place says Chrissy all <laughs> over it." Hey, so my recommendation is Sapa which is actually really close to our podcast studio here. It's it's right downtown on State Street. I want to say it's probably about 720 South State Street would be my guesstimate. I got the steak there, which a lot of people I know go there for the sushi, which you got the sushi and Ooh, you did. said that was good too. Oh, it was so good. But yeah. it's we went outside. It's a great patio atmosphere. If you're looking for like an outside patio atmosphere to take a date or a coworker sometime, go check it out. Really great steak, really great sushi. Oh, such good food. And and we brought Lucy, our little baby, and she saw me uh, drinking sake oh, yeah. and insisted on, well, she wanted the sake. So we gave her water in a soy sauce oh, and, cup. Yeah, a little soy sauce cup. In, <laughs> in the video, you posted it, it on so your uh, Insta stories, I yeah, think it was. Yeah, my Insta story, Facebook story. It, it was a very enjoyable time, a great atmosphere, good food. Oh, yes. I'm going to double recommend it. All right, Chrissy, let's wrap this episode up. Let's get out of here. I got I got other things to be doing. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, and Libsyn. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, which you can always find at IamSaltLake.com. And if you want to send us anything, remember you can always send us letters, postcards, and packages to P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. Let's fill that P.O. Box up. And if you send us something, we'll talk about it here on the podcast. We sure will. Hey, you have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. Have a happy pie and beer day. And we'll see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy. 